Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the fourth episode of Save Your Sorry. This is Katrina Rochelle. I'm here with my co-host slash best friend slash shit salesman, Jose Angel, where we talk about your favorite or least favorite celebrities, all the bullshit they've done, and whether they can come back from it. I mean, that's succinctly correct. Correct. All right. So we got a new topic, new person today. It's all about Jose. So uh, tell us who we're doing or <laughs> talking about. <laughs> yeah, not about me. My bad, my bad. <laughs> today we'll be discussing Rachel Hollis. I got most of this information from Rachel's own book, Girl, Wash Your Face. And just like mm-hmm. YouTube videos, two of the main videos or YouTube people were Mooncat. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's M-U-N-E-C-A-T and C.C. Suarez. Sorry if I'm pronouncing those wrong. Um, for those, yeah, those of you, are some names. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who don't know who she is, she is a self-help guru, most famously known for her book, Girl, Wash Your Face. Before we get started, I think when I told you I wanted to do Rachel Hollis, you said who or I don't know who that is. Yeah, because I, I actually did not know. Yeah, so I'm not really going to ask your opinion on her. Oh, damn. Hold on. I have lots of opinions on Rachel Hollis. First of all, her Hollis is Rachel, and her Rachel is Hollis. I think that's as far as your opinion goes. (laughs) Um, But do you have an opinion on self-help books? Uh, Okay, so I ain't going to lie. I feel like, okay, they, they probably can help and probably do help people. I like interesting looking ones so if i see one that like grab you know one it's an attention grabber you know i look at the front and the back and then i put it down because i ain't about to pay that money because they be charging <laughs> so yeah. uh not me personally but I, I i mean i feel like they got their space yeah i kind of think they are a scam if i'm being honest oh damn you just put it out there i was i was you know i was just fox trotting <laughs> i know that might ruffle some feathers <laughs> and i know they help some people my sister used to love them but mm. unless they are coming from a person with like an education or some sort of experience, it's like, why am I taking advice from this person? Yeah, it does kind of feel fraudulent when it's just like a regular old person sometimes. Yeah. So let's begin. Rachel Hollis was born January 9th, 1983. That makes Hold her- up. She's a Capricorn. <laughs> that, that makes her a Capricorn. <laughs> hey, January 9th. This is January 8th talking to you right here. Okay, never mind. I might like her. I thought that was funny that um, last episode I did Neve and here's a Libra and this one's a Capricorn. And I think I'm just going to start saying they're Zodiac signs. Too. Yes, <laughs> we love Capricorns. We, you know, we're strong, wonderful people. We're, we'll see if she's a wonderful person. Okay, I'm speaking for myself. Sorry. <laughs> she was the youngest of four children. And in her book, Girl, Wash Your Face, she describes her childhood as traumatic. She says it was the highest of highs and lowest of lows. Hollis goes on to say they would have big parties followed by screaming and crying. She says fist-sized holes would find themselves in the walls and dishes would be thrown onto the floor. She describes her father, who was a Pentecostal minister, as dealing with stress with anger and her mother as dealing with stress by laying in bed for weeks at a time. Okay. Well, okay. So this this has nothing to do with what you said. But I heard her, her father is a Pentecostal minister. Yes. And I always wonder what exactly are the rules of that religion? Because I only knew one Pentecostal person and it was a girl in high school and she could only she said she could only wear skirts. I am not too sure. I I did not research that. Um, 
I'm just saying we gotta we gotta do a research on the Pentecostal people. I, I just I just when you said that, that's what made me think of that girl from high school. <laughs> yeah, she knows um, who she is if she ever listens. If you you're say, listening you, out there, she loved a denim skirt. I swear, uh, I, I know who you're talking about. Exactly, <laughs> she loved a denim skirt. Where the hell out of it? <laughs> So when she was 14, her brother ended up committing suicide. She says she was the one to discover him, and that event caused her to grow up. Mm -hmm. She realized she needed to get out of there as soon as possible, entered every class possible, and graduated from high school a year early at the age of 17. From there, she left her hometown of Weed Patch, California, and moved to Los Angeles. So she's already showing some kind of determination. I mean, graduating and year early from high school is not that amazing but still mm-hmm. it's something that she worked hard for like you coming from like a volatile environment to making some of you yourself is it's, it's good it's always good to show improvement so she's got ambition basically it's her early the early stages of her career setting and stuff <laughs> yeah she got an internship at Mermax I think that's how that's pronounced that like Miramax Miramax that's it Okay, okay. like the <laughs> yeah. movie studio thing, right? Yes. Okay. That's yeah. where she got an internship at. And mm-hmm. that ended up turning into a job. So she dropped out of acting school. At this point in her life in 2002, she is now 19 and she meets her future husband, Dave Hollis. Dave is 27 at the time, so eight years older than her. Mm, so she was 19 that she met him? Yeah. That's well, not. Mm. I guess that bad, but you know, I'm, you I'm be tw- looking, you be looking at a side to side. I'm 27 now, and I would not date a 19 year old. Oh yeah, I never wanted to date anybody younger than me. <laughs> it could have been a couple years. I felt weird because I got all these siblings. Yeah. So Rachel claims Dave did not know about the age gap until later, and when he did find out, he was not pleased. But that did not end the relationship. <laughs> I am not pleased. (laughs) Come here, baby. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Dave was Rachel's first boyfriend, and she says that he treated her like crap. Ooh. Got mad if she told people they were a couple, ignored her, and only wanted her around when he wanted her. She described herself as a booty tall. Damn. Yeah. He ended up breaking up with her when he moved away. And later he called her and was like just to check up on her and say, hey, how is everything? And she didn't want anything to do with him at this point. She said she was tired of being treated like trash and she realized that she was a booty call. And she says this is what made Dave change. And the very next day he showed up at her door. He flew back to where she was at and flew at her door. And she tells the stories and like in her book and the chapter is like, you know, the whole point of the story is people are going to treat you how they, how you let them treat you. Mm-hmm. And her standing up for herself made everything change. And I'm not really buying it. Dave was a total ass for a whole year. And then she stands up for herself and he changes. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, if you're willing to take that chance, sure. Yes. People are willing to only let you do what you allow, but, um, I don't know. I mean, it seems like she wanted him back. He just said, yeah. I, I, I want nothing to do with you. And he was the same person he was from when you said that on the phone to when he was in front of your doorstep. You just thought, oh, my God, this man got on a plane. I love him so much. In 2004, they do end up getting married, though. So let's fast forward 10 years. It is now 2014. And her first fiction book comes out. It's called Party Girl. 
She claims publishing companies would not publish it because she did not want to add sex to the story to make it like more juicy. So she self-publishes it and it really starts selling well. And she ends up getting a publisher and they turn it into a series with a total of three books. Does it say what Party Girl was about? Yeah, actually. It's um about it's kind of about her, like a okay. fictional version of her, because it's about a girl uh. who moves to LA who gets her first boyfriend and is a party planner. And at this oh. point in her life, she was working as a party planner. So because even though it was a fiction book, because she didn't want to put any like sex scenes or anything in there, they was like, we're not going to touch it. Yeah, she just did not want to do that. I mean, yes, that's weird, but I get it. People want salaciousness, but it could also be because of her faith. She is a Christian, which I can understand that. Yeah, but I'm still like, I'm not saying that's against her. I'm like, why would publishing houses not want? I mean, you should have the mix of everything. A little bit of dirty, a little bit of clean. I think they just did not think it would sell without the sex in there. Sex sells. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's true. That's true. Her non-sex sailed. (laughs) Yeah. So Rachel is working as an event planner at this point. She's blogging a lot. I know blogging is still a thing. I just feel like in the early 2000s, it was a really huge thing. Rachel's blog gets about 200,000 viewers a month. Mm. So she's starting to gain those followers. She's not as huge as she'll become, but she's getting there. On May 21st, 2015, Rachel Hollis posts an Instagram picture. She's in a bikini. And she's talking about stretch marks, calling them stripes, not scars, and saying, you've earned them, ladies. This photo goes viral. And from there, she goes on the Today Show to talk about it. And she's getting all this publicity. And I think this is the moment that she really explodes into fame. Really? So Girl, Ross Your Face came out in 2018. I read that book in preparation of today's episode. And some parts are interesting, but it's not for me. I think I'm not her target audience. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not. You, something tells me you're not the demographic. <laughs> Which is okay. In my opinion, her fan base is like <sighs> mostly white moms. In her book, she talks about her life, giving examples of the time she peed herself because her bladder's not where it used to be after having kids, how she hated pregnancy, how she was mm. bad at sex with her husband. Mm. And I'm sure these topics. So one of those down to earth, I'm just like you, even though I'm. I'm, you know, very much privileged, but I've had kids and I've been through things type of books. Yeah. She was trying to get to that. She was trying to get into the loyal, um, the loyal readers' hearts. I mean, people the down and out, they they need somebody to look up to. They need a new hero type of thing. They want somebody they can empathize with. So you act like you're all the things that they have to deal with. Not saying she isn't, but I could definitely see see some of that could be exaggerated to make a good living and i mean just thinking of how she became famous with that instagram picture of her in a bikini talking about her stretch marks it you know that is her audience moms Mm -hmm. who and women out there who connect with it yeah like she posted a picture and then went on went on the today show to talk about it yeah (laughs) i mean back then i mean that that tends to happen i cannot lie but usually it's like a little, I don't, because I have a mother and I, I love mothers. You don't want to slam nobody for uh, taking a bikini picture and showing off their stretch marks. But it's just, it seems so small and she got all that attention, but she rolled it into something. So she did good for her. She's an ambition. Ex- exactly. She has very high ambitions. She knows what to do with an opportunity. You can't. Also, also, a little side note here. I don't know why, but this book, Girl, Wash Your Face, 
has been in my Kindle or Audible recommendations like for the longest of times. And I I just don't know why since it's clearly not a book for me. Uh, she wants it on all the lists. Yeah. <laughs> it might just be because how popular it was. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I do find the advice to be very surface level. It's just, it doesn't really go deep and it could just be me because I hate self-help books, but doesn't really like dive into anything it's you know have people treat you how you want to be treated yeah and, i feel like most self-help books is um mostly something a, a good friend could have told you yeah if it's not a specialized type of self-help book like how to become a this how to do this but if it's just talking about regular life and how to overcome things since so many people can feel like they have the expertise on that that gives license for anybody to write that type of book. So yeah, a lot of those books do not tend to be that deep. They're just trying to write the bare the bare minimum, and then it gets published. They make their dollar, or um, they're in the the game so long I, they just crank them out regularly. And I know there's a few of people who do the motivational books uh, time and time again. I feel like Rachel Hollis kind of fits in that category. Girl, wash your face did become a New York Times bestseller, and that came out in 2018. And then she she followed that up with Girl, Stop Apologizing, and that was also a bestseller list in 2019. (laughs) So at this point in 2019, she's kind of like full-fledged and self-help guru phase. Mm -hmm. She starts a podcast. She's giving fitness advice. Pretty much every aspect of life she's covering. Her husband also starts giving couple advice. Hey, you got to expand the brand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And can you guess how much it is for a two-day weekend with them for a couple advice? Oh, no. I know it's astronomical. I'm a, just because I feel like they know they, they feel like they're the end-all, be-all. And I don't even know these people. I know they're charging at least double-digit thousand figures. So I'm going to say a good, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to just say 10,000. It's not that high. It's only, hold on. It's no. 1,800. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. okay. You, you know, you know. That I, is I, not I including open. hotel. That's not including food. That is pretty much what people are describing is as that a the meet plane and ride? No. So you what so it's a it's a weekend trip with them. And, and you pay for marital everything. advice? And yeah, they just give you marriage advice. Do they say it's like one session, two sessions? I think it's two since it's a two-day. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was kind of out there. I did say 10,000. Yeah, I mean, that's outrageous. I know she's getting 2,000 for something, though. <laughs> Over. Okay, yeah. But still, yeah, you got to pay for everything. She said the, the thousand is just to get in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so at, Dave was an executive at Disney, and he leaves and goes work for Rachel Hollis full time. And he, re- he releases his own self help book. Again, Ooh. why is he qualified to do this? It's a fucking his scam. His wife does it. But hold up. Jesus. They, that's how I know. That's why I said 10,000. You got to be. I know Disney people. The high up there Disney people is killing it. So he said, I'm going to leave this salary to work for my wife and then release the book. Oh, I know that they got it. It's okay. Yeah. Just give me a little. When he goes over to her company, he does end up taking over the position of CEO and she steps down. And <laughs> oh, damn. I mean, that was, maybe they had a plan. With that. Well, that was, she goes on to explain it. She says that 
um, the reason she did this was they had conversations. And if he would leave any other job, you know, for any other job, it would be for CEO position. And she wrote down a list and said she did not even like doing CEO stuff. She likes the creating things. She doesn't like the CEO aspects, which I get. But I kind of feel that he was kind of threatened by Rachel's success. I mean, he was successful in his own right. But he kind of went into her lane, you know, her self-help theory lane. Yeah, he she was getting visible shot. He was making, they were both making money, but it was her face out there. And whether, I mean... Uh, what one thing is clear he wanted to get his face out there that's why he wrote a book what was his called boy wash your penis i it was called get out of your way or something like that which i think another self-help book also had that title i also want to say at this point Mm -hmm. i got their books from the library so they did not get my dollar (laughs) (laughs) pate also I kind of think that the reason he did a self-help book was, like we said earlier, her book seemed to target women more. And why not have a book that targets men? Yeah, if you if you got one market on lock, why, why won't you just get the other one? I get it. I don't so, like it, but I understand it. Yeah, all this talk about self-help books, and this might be a little bit of a tangent, but... I was thinking if I wrote a self-help book, it would be called Don't Be Sorry, Be Better. It's something I always say at work, and I got the quote from Bray's Anatomy. Mm, who and said it? Meredith said it, too. Mm. Ross, one of the newer interns, the one. He sounds terrible because I don't remember him. <laughs> so she was right. He needed to be better. Yeah. It's just something I say. I always say at work, and like even people make fun of me because I say it. But what would your self-help? book be called um (laughs) um i i don't know because here's the thing i don't know what it'd be about but it'd (laughs) probably be me so i'd probably be like it would be like bitch put that down (laughs) (laughs) or 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 bitch pick this up it's gonna be one of those (laughs) it's gotta have bitch in the front i just gotta start with it the easiest thing though is you just give basic advice like out there so mine's don't be sorry be better so it would be a chapter would be action speak louder than words and it'd be like oh my god this is so deep <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure now what's my what's my yeah what's my go- <laughs> hey chapter one bitch put this down after you pick it up because i ain't got much to say <laughs> and this book is three pages long <laughs> namaste that's a bestseller right there. Thank you. I said thank you. I, I signed the checks as they come. So, of course, with any celebrity, there's going to be some criticisms. But here are just some of the ones against Rachel. Her 2012 breast augmentation. She goes around saying women should love their own bodies and getting a boob augmentation kind of goes against that. Mm. I'm a huge believer in plastic surgery. My personal belief is if you want to change something and you have the money, go ahead. I know at times it could be unhealthy and you go too far with it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really hurt anybody. But people say, at least what I saw online, that, you know, she's kind of not practicing what her she preaches, especially with that viral video. I mean, when that viral photo, when that photo and her bikini came out, I think she already had a breast augmentation. Yeah. So it's like a, we love to, uh, talk, to point out a hypocrite. You yeah. talking all this stuff. You kind of built your career on what i guess being yourself or body positive 
body, yeah, body, positivity. body positivity. Yeah. And so then they find out you done had your boobs done. It's like, but girl, I, I canceled my appointment. <laughs> also, side note, is boob job like crass? I keep seeing everywhere that was reported, they reported as boob job. And I don't know if I'm just being a prude, but I just feel like that's a um, crass way to put it. I have heard. Uh, yes and no, because I feel like you know how things, you know, language and uh, decorum changes over time, because I think it was very common a few years ago to just say boob job. But, yeah, it's, I guess, more um, professional and less or more tactful to say breast augmentation. So, yes, it just it just depends on how um, it, it, how how kind you want to be. I guess so. Um, number two criticism would be her husband's Disney job. A lot of people find her rats to riches story deceiving because she doesn't mention her husband was well off. Yeah, this they got gave her money. More of advantage. In fact, I'm about to look. I'm about to see what this man looks like. <laughs> How do you spell her name? Rachel Hollis. Yeah, his name's Dave Hollis. Okay, yeah, he. <laughs> let me let me not judge, but okay, mm, they look like a cute little couple. They belong <laughs> together. Yeah. And we'll put a picture of them on the Instagram for you guys listening. Mm-hmm. Got his knees out. Her number three criticism would be her MLM support. Do you know what L- MLM is? M-L-N. M-L-M. Mm. <laughs> 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 uh, I was going to say phenomenal. BLM. I was like, damn, why the fuck are you getting criticized for that? I had to really rotate that in my brain once or twice to make sure. But no, what is that? Multi-level <laughs> marketing. I'm sure you've heard of it. Like, yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, guy, yeah, <laughs> multi-level. Those people who get on your Facebook and be like, "Hey, do you want to make money? This is how you do it. You just gotta sell these things and you buy it for me, and oh, then you sell it to your friends." Okay, definitely. Almost got a couple jobs like that, but I didn't have a car at the time. So then, you know, the interview never went past the first stage. <laughs> I, I don't think you know what I'm talking about. Like the it works or I don't even like those makeup things. You yeah, just sell I'm them saying, online. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like the Pyrexes and all that other, not the Pyrexes. Uh, I'm thinking of the wrong Pyrex. I was talking about glassware. Somebody might think I'm talking about that online stuff, but yeah, I know. I, I kind of know what you're talking about. Okay. Pretty much a pyramid the, scheme. Yeah. Got you. Basically. Yes. Understandable. So Rachel has been the keynote speaker to several MLM events, earning anywhere from 150,000 to 300,000 for them. That's the number I kept seeing. Some sources just said six figures and some went up oh, to 500,000. And if you listen to the previous episode, that's Monique money right there. 500,000. For a special. This is, <laughs> she was giving speeches. Yeah. For, um, every time almost. Oh, girl. And, you, and I said 10,000 for a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so she no longer gives those speeches speeches because she does have her own events called rise events and she already got that money so she don't need to do anymore yeah so number four of her criticisms would be her toxic positivity um one of Hollis's main things that she says is choose joy that you can change anything with a good attitude obviously mm-hmm. that won't always be the case no it won't <laughs> sometimes there's just some ruts you can't get out with a change of attitude you you got to do a few more things than that i, I wouldn't know <laughs> yeah I mean, and it's too. just that kind of thing where you can say 
hey, this is a horrible or fucked up situation and that's okay. I'm just going to keep going with it. But you don't have to always be, oh, this is great. As long as you smile, everything's great. Because mm-hmm, then you're just creating a false reality. And, and that's how people... And it, that's how people get sick. <laughs> I will say I am guilty of toxic positivity. It's one of my many character flaws. <laughs> I mean, I understand why you like to be like that, but I feel like you owe your supporters some truth as well. So I mean, you can say that, but you can also say, yeah, but when you can't change your attitude, is is you should also look at ways and like so at least if you're gonna get generic advice give some real generic advice as well like uh if you're going through something let's look for some resources let's look for some steps to make it better because uh just you turning that frown upside down ain't gonna make that light bill uh any less do (laughs) (laughs) so number five and i think the last criticism we're talking about her use of a nanny hollis talks about working hard and waking up 4 a.m. every morning and doing it all. And she const- constantly stresses, if you work hard, anything is possible. Not everyone has a nanny to help them out. And mm-hmm. I personally can't fault her for using a nanny. But when she's making, you know, her point in the books, if you need to work hard, then you just ought to mention the nanny too, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, people who don't like her are probably bringing these up, but this is probably also coming from people who did like her and kind of felt led astray by some of her advice. Like you kind of find, oh, you really admire, you kind of idol somebody. And then behind the scenes, you're you're doing everything that she's saying to do in these books. And then behind the scene, you find out uh, she ain't doing what she's saying in the books. So you feel betrayed and you want to point out her hypocrisy even more. Yeah, and you brought out a good point. A lot of the videos I was watching and even TikToks that I was watching in preparation for this, um, a lot of the people would say, I used to be a Rachel Hollis fan. And they Mm -hmm. were mostly, you know, white women. But that's her base. Exactly. Um, So the first really big scandal I saw was about plagiarism. Like with any self-help guru, she has to sprout all kinds of words of wisdom, which is all peachy and dandy. But she's not coming up with these quotes by herself. She's using some famous quotes. A BuzzFeed article by Stephanie McNeil posted on January 31st, 2019, highlighted some of these quotes. One of them was, someone else's opinion is none of your business. Mm. Which that was credited to RuPaul as saying. She said that she said that she came up with that quote. She puts it on Instagram and it's like... It says that, and then under it, you know, it has that little dash mark, and then it says Rachel Hollis. Oh, like, my gosh. No, and- I just, as soon as you said that, it didn't sound like no shit she had already, came. it sounded like something I heard five decades ago. <laughs> and it just kind of reminds me of, if you remember that episode in The Office where Michael Scott has, like, a quote on the board, and it says oh, yeah. <laughs> someone that says Michael Scott, <laughs> like, that's yeah, kind of uh, what she's doing. Yeah, the Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Uh, by my- Michael Scott, Yeah. <laughs> So another quote I saw was, ambition is not a dirty word, which is credited to another self-help book's title by Deborah Condren, I believe it's pronounced. Ambition. And there's some more, but we just won't get into those. In the response to the article, Rachel Hollis just deletes the Instagram post. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't plagiarize anything. Yeah. 
So obviously Hollis didn't learn from her mistake because on April 27th, 2020, by the same person, Stephanie McNeil on BuzzFeed, they post another article. And this one, Hollis put still eye eyes, which is a Maya Angelou quote from her poems. I think oh, it's called still eye eyes. Yes. And <laughs> plagiarized <laughs> Rachel Hollis, the white woman plagiarized Maya Angelou. <laughs> Which I get being inspired by a quote. You know, there's quotes out there that I really love, but <laughs> not to put my name on it. Oh, no. Like, I mean, you credit the part. First of all, who cares who comes up with quotes anymore? Because half the time I think I came up with something, it's already been said. That is true. But she is, you know, putting it out there like she came up with it. She says, still I rise. <laughs> Which also her... Events are called Rise, and her couple one was Rise Together. I don't know if she got that because of this quote. This yeah, but she could have said, I have risen. Yeah. (laughs) She could have really switched that up. She could have. She blamed a misstep on someone from her team, but she she did apologize for it. Yeah, some things you can't just delete. (laughs) You you couldn't delete that shit off. On June 8, 2020, Rachel and Dave announced their divorce. Okay, I didn't want to say anything, but I was, never mind, I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) Which I get, not everyone will remain married. Marriage is hard, it's something everyone needs to work on. Mm -hmm. But they are scamming people, (laughs) making money off of giving advice for a happy relationship. And I don't think people would be paying for all that if they knew they were divorcing. I mean, don't if you one of them couples who spent that thousand dollars at that goddamn ranch, I know I'm about to send an invoice <laughs> back and say when you get that settlement money, I would just like a refund. I just love how now you're picturing it as a ranch where they're giving all this <laughs> couple advice. It's a ranch. They welcome the couples as they drive up in a Cadillac and they're both on horses and they both have a hat. And she didn't want to wear the hat, but he made her wear the hat. And then um, they say welcome and they come out the car and they say, oh, my gosh, I love it so much. And then they leave their guests as they walk back up their long driveway with the horses and the couple has to walk on foot. I love it. I hope the horses are like white horses. One is white, white <laughs> with like the the gray hooves at the bottom. And His it has a brown because he doesn't like different things. <laughs> he likes things uniformly. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> in the now infamous Instagram live video, the reason we are discussing her today in April 2021, when someone asked on the live why, you know, they didn't disclose the divorce earlier, she says, you don't get to know the behind the scenes stuff. You don't get to know the ugly stuff. You don't get to know the pieces that don't fit. And it's rude. It's wildly rude and disrespectful to attack someone because you don't get to see those parts. Oh. She's right, but she's wrong. She goes on to say when people say, oh, but you guys were so happy. She says, quote, oh, come on. You were smarter than that. Oh, (laughs) she hated Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you see I hated this motherfucking autumn picture? Oh the live video God. is still up on her Instagram. So well, if- I am going to be adding that to my <laughs> nightly entertainment because I've got to see that. <laughs> Normally, I would agree with Hollis. Her private life should be private. 
But when she is selling that as her brand, I think people do have a right to see that. No, it well, yes, but also when if that is her direct quote. And you're sitting there saying, oh, you don't get to see the ugly things, the things that don't fit. Well, that's what you've been trying to sell us. We've been telling you, you've been trying to tell everybody, take the ugly things in life and make it a positive <laughs> and do this and that. And if you really wanted to show that you were a real person, like you claim to be, and when the real times got rough, if you wanted to show people that you're, you don't put on a front, that's the least that she could have done. She ain't got to say she's divorcing. But if you're going through a rough time or something, that's the, that's the best advice she could have gave. I feel like all the other stuff she did, like you said, was fake because it wasn't happening to her. She could copy and paste some generic advice and sell the book. But when shit was getting rocky and things were happening, she wasn't writing or telling us about those experiences and how to turn those negatives into positives and have good energy and all that uh, bullshit she was spewing before. And that's why you, that's why everybody th- probably thinks some things are scams because <laughs> that's what people want. I mean, yes, it is unfortunately entertainment because of uh, what society has turned into the uh, looking at everybody's uh, fights and negatives and stuff but it also shows that you're not faking like you were which is apparently her reputation from the jump yeah i didn't she comes out with a book after this called did it see that coming and i didn't read the book nah bitch fuck that you don't get to talk about now (laughs) 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 but it to me it comes off as something to cash in on like maybe the divorce was more planned since it came out they announced a divorce right before yeah, the book was released. Everything's been settled. Everything's everybody's quiet. We've paid out the hush money. Now I can write about it. But when you found out about it the way I didn't want you to find out, I'm going to insult your intelligence and tell you to mind your fucking business, bitch, <laughs> and buy my books. I think this would have been the bigger scandal if she didn't double down on what we're going to talk about next. Oh, shit. She was doing more. She was falling. <laughs> so earlier in the same live, someone says she's not relatable and she's privileged AF. Mm. I think her live response that she said in the video was actually handled pretty good. She says, quote, not relatable to you. Cool. Great. Keep doing you. I'm going to send you so much love and so much light and so much energy because I think you need it. Okay. If, yeah. I, I if like she would have just left it right there. Oh, none no. of this blowback would have happened. And that is more on her brand of all this positivity. So she goes on TikTok and she makes a video referring to her her housekeeper as someone who cleans her toilets. Oh, shit. And she says, when did I ever say I wanted to be relatable? Which that's her whole freaking brand as being relatable. Yeah. I think she meant it as she wants a life that no one can dream of. But that's not how it came off. Well, I mean, even if she, I mean, either way she went to, she sounds like a, she sounds like an asshole. (laughs) She also says that most people won't work as hard for her and are willing to fail like she has. And people just, you know, came off and like, oh, you seem like an asshole. Wait, what? She says, she said, like, people won't work as hard as she has. Yeah. Where she is. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course people have, because there's people more successful than her. (laughs) exactly so i mean uh, she's got when they get the, it's all about catering to the middle class and 
getting people on your side and being that hey girl chick until you get that fucking money and then it's up bow down to me bitches and it's not even in a good Beyonce way like it's in a fuck you bitch I don't even like you (laughs) just like you you getting divorced you you (laughs) wasn't even telling the truth about your marriage with your man with the weird glasses and shit before we go further since you mentioned it she does start her book off as Hey, girl, hey. So See? I just love that you said that. And, and now, she, oh, you peasants clean my toilets up. Which, and I wouldn't even let you wear gloves. Oh, my gosh. You're, it's just how she said a lady comes and cleans my toilets. She cleans my toilets. Like, you just picked the one thing to point out instead of saying, oh, my housekeeper comes and she does this. Like, why do you have to refer cleaning toilets? Like, it, mm-hmm. it just seems as a way to talk down to someone. I mean, there's there's been somebody who's cleaned mine. I call that woman my mother. And I appreciate and love her very much. So Hollis's <laughs> response to this negative views on her TikTok was to double down even more. On an Instagram, she posts a list of names like Harriet Tubman, Frida Kahlo, and Amelia Earhart and says, Take out all, Tubman. Harriet <laughs> don't want nothing to do with this. All unrelatable AF as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> This rubbed the people the wrong way, especially her comparing herself to Harriet Tubman. <laughs> it makes Hollis no longer this mom who accidentally pees herself that people can relate to, but kind of like the stuck-up person who thinks she can compare herself to Harriet Tubman. Who makes fun of the person who peed on themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so she deletes the post and blames it on her team again. <laughs> and then she releases an apology on her podcast, which I listened to. And she says that she didn't realize she had white privilege. She never had to filter her words. And now she sees the error of her ways. I love apology videos and I feel sort of cheated on this one just because it's an apology audio, but on a scale of one to 10, this is because she's doing it with a stealth face. This is an apology. Like it's a four to me. Um, She does that thing where, you know, you talk real low and you say how sorry you are. But this, they do do that too. Like yeah. I can't apologize that I know. I'm sorry, Jose, for doing that, and I didn't mean to. Jose, if I really did offend you, you've been my best friend for so long that I would hate if this podcast is the nail in our coffin. Not after all we've been through. And this podcast, our podcast, not its name because of celebrity apology videos. And I think this is the first one we're getting. The other ones didn't apologize. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, 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 no. And could you imagine Bill Cosby doing an apology video, putting it on YouTube with his one eye? Or, oh no, it just comes off as saving her own ass and being so wise about it now. And so after the apology video, she goes on and releases another audio on her podcast. And it was released April 30th, 2021. So just a few days ago. And it was titled, What Comes Next? So this one is pretty much a longer apology. She's saying she's going to do better in the future. And this one is a better apology. Not because I'm buying her apology, but just for the sheer amount of gaslighting she does in it. Oh, damn. (laughs) The discussion now becomes, you know, she's saying about you and us and how everyone can learn from this. (laughs) <laughs> she is trying she to turn. Y'all fucked up too. <laughs> She's trying to turn this into a teaching experience, which is normally a good thing. 
but it kind of feels like she's gearing up to be the teacher. And I would not be surprised if she wrote a book called Girl, Let's Talk About Privilege or something like that. Oh, my gosh. I have black friends, too. Oh, oh my God. I, I wasn't going to mention it, but <laughs> she in the episode, she was saying how she wants to be a better friend to her best friends. And she talks about how she was just laying in bed and she was like, couldn't believe she did this. And her friends were checking up on her. And she would be like, I'm alive. I just need to be alone. And then finally, two of her friends came over and she names them. And her two friends are black. Like, why did I'm sure maybe the story is true, but it does come off as saying, like, I have black friends. What do you mean? Or what, what, I want to know these names. Uh, I, I mean, they're, I think their names are Beans or something. Like, she. <laughs> Like that's the nickname, but she tags them on Instagram all the Love time. Love my and... girl Beans. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you don't want the girl to be like you don't want her to go through no deep dark depression or anything like that. I just uh, definitely just I feel like she definitely should not be writing no more self help books. No, but I feel like it is coming out. <laughs> yeah, girl, what? Did, uh, look what I did last summer. <laughs> That's where we kind of stand right now. I saw on Twitter or somewhere that she has notebooks and her actual books on Target or on sale. And obviously no company right now like really wants to touch her. I don't think this is the end for her, though. I think her fan base won't really hold her accountable. I think she will spin this as a learning experience and write Mm -hmm. many posts about it on her website and maybe even a book. I could see her also come out with a book about co-parenting with her now ex-husband. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. She she she's she has more content that she could drain off of, um, if she so chooses to still go that route. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, I think you're right. This because the scandal is so light. It's like, girl, you wrote these books and you a liar, but <laughs> we be lying too. So I'm gonna still buy your books, but you, I'm gonna cool off you. So she's gonna wait till the heat dies down. Uh, she's gonna write two books. Um, honey, uh, kids, I divorced your dad, <laughs> something like that. She'll write a kid's book about divorce or whatever. She don't just, she's, she'll just be an author at local oh. people just still call her a hypocrite. She also said in that podcast, I now know I have to talk to my kids about privilege. <laughs> mm. Um, the privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I kind of feel like, like you said, this is kind of a smaller scandal. That's why we've been able to joke around more in this episode compared to the other ones, which have been more about. And I feel bad about joking. Those those are very heavy topics. Yeah. Like, you know, Cosby was rape. Takashi was all over the place. (laughs) Neve was rape or sexual harassment, allegedly. Sexual harassment. You dealt with Monique and her uh, gender and racial you know her bias and stuff for her career yeah i'll say this though you know as much as i'm talking stuff about her even though i do feel like she's a hypocrite she is right though it's it's her life we really don't have no business in her business i feel that but not if you're selling it if you're selling i know but at the end of the day you know i'm I'm first to tell people just stop being nosy but i'm also the first people to be nosy like okay I manage a restaurant. If I would write a book, a self-help book about this is what you need to do to manage a restaurant and my man- my restaurant is failing and it's starting to go bankrupt, I feel like I cannot write that book. But she, 
you're right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, but I was going to say she already wrote the book. <laughs> she did it. She wrote it. <laughs> she said the shit's crumbling, but I'm still trying to make this money. Mm-mm-mm. And it, no offense. I was going to, when you first introduced Dave into this whole story, I was going to ask, because you said he was her future husband, and then you went into how he was a terrible person. And I was going <laughs> to say, does she have another husband? Because <laughs> I was like, hope her story doesn't end like that. But, oh, you know, hopefully they get together, everything will be fine. No. That's why I put that early stuff of Dave in here, because they It paints his a, character a little bit. It paints bit. his character, and then they make a living off giving relationship advice exactly but you know well are you done anything else about miss rachel miss hollis that's where we're at for now all right so we'll move on to our uh our ending segment you know talking about uh some form of media that kind of means something significant to us usually we choose either a song book you know movie something of that sort um uh, you want to go first today yeah um, All right, go ahead. So in honor of Mother's Day, I'm going to be talking about my mothers. I have two, my Ooh. mom, and then my mom is married to a woman. <laughs> so I'm kind of all over the place. I just want to mention stuff that make me think of my mothers. Um, so there's a song, Torn, by Natalie Imbruglia. I don't know how to pronounce that name. I'm sorry. Yeah, I always know what it means, but I can never say it. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, for some reason, my mom told me that was her when she was younger and that was her song. And I believed that probably until I was like 14, like <laughs> way too late. <laughs> and, and then I heard the song again and, you know, or saw it on YouTube or something. I'm like, my mom is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but every time the song comes on, I'm like, that's my mom. <laughs> like even now. I hear that all the time in the stores too. <laughs> yeah, like now I feel like I hear it everywhere, mm. but I didn't hear it for the longest, <laughs> I guess. Um, also, the movie Death Becomes Her, I think it has Meryl Streep in it. Mm-hmm. It's just a movie that my mom loved. And there's a quote at the end where they're leaving and they say, Do you remember where we parked the car? And anytime I'm with my mom, even now, if we go to like the grocery store or something, as soon as we leave and we're looking for the cars, one of us has to say, Do you remember where we parked the car? Excellent. Also, the movie Too Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything. Um, that's just a movie that she always quotes and she's always loved. Um, for my stepmother, the movie The Good Shepherd, I honestly don't even remember the movie The Good Shepherd. And my stepmom is not the type of person to watch a movie. So all I remember about the movie is we watched it. And for some reason, she's like, oh, I want to watch this movie with you. And I'm like, okay, cool. And no joke, like every 20 minutes, she would get up, walk around, do something. And she would come back and she's like, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. And that's just <laughs> like every movie that I've ever watched with her, how she is. And really? My stepmom has explained her job to me like a thousand times, and I still don't know what she does. So that's like a spy movie. So I'm pretty sure yeah. she's like in the CIA <laughs> or something. That's hilarious. I've definitely watched The Good Shepherd, and I definitely did not understand what it was going on. And I had to read. I have had to read on the internet what it was about. Yeah, I would just imagine if there's someone who keeps coming back in the room every 20 minutes and saying, what's going on? <laughs> 
that's all my entertainment. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, but those are the other two movies, you know, your other mama, Tuan Fu. I love that one. Okay, so um what is okay, so yes, my, mine is also going to be about my madre, my mother. Uh we just like so many other black families, especially early in his career, uh me and my mama, really my entire family used to love some Tyler Perry, like specifically the plays and a lot of the earlier movies. So uh, me and my mother work a lot and not a lot like on purpose, but, you know, it's just 40 hours a week. It takes up a lot of your time. But at one point, like high school, we said we were going to whenever he had a new film coming out, me and her were going to go and see it. And so basically um, from a point on, me and my mother always made sure we saw his films in theaters. We saw Why Did I Get Married to? Uh, I remember we saw Confess. Confessions of the Marriage Counselor. Now, just so you know, even though I'm naming out the movies we saw, we are not approving the quality of all these movies. <laughs> We're just saying we saw. Uh, we saw Family Reunion in the theater. Um, and I feel like maybe Medea goes to jail, but we definitely saw Witness Protection. Now, I will tell you, out of all of them, that's the worst Medea film to ever exist. It but, definitely is. But I was definitely happy to be with my mother. But that is the worst. I haven't seen anything past that, but that is the worst one. But yeah, I always loved it because it's just um, me and my mother have a very close bonding relationship. Um, I love talking to her. I uh, love spending time with her, but we don't do a lot of things together, out, especially outside the house, um, just because, you know, our jobs and, you know, other things. So when we had the opportunity to share some time to laugh and be together, even if it was just a special occasion, like a Tyler Perry movement movie, it just meant a lot to me. And I just enjoyed being with her and, you know, talking shit and laughing. Um I remember one time, this has nothing to do with her, but I remember I was laughing so hard in family reunion. I thought I peed on myself. <laughs> and I got to the point, which was so funny, I didn't even care. But then I went to the bathroom and it was cool. I was like, oh, okay. But I really thought I peed on myself. <laughs> I was like, stand next to my mom. I, I got this coat. <laughs> oh, you must relate to Rachel Hollis. Yeah, fucker. <laughs> my bladder ain't what it used to be. <laughs> Um, I do love Tyler Perry movies too. Um, I, but why did I get married too? Is probably off of that list was probably the best one that you mentioned. Yeah, I won't. I won't lie. We had the bootleg of uh, Why Did I Get Married one. So that one's way better. That's that's the best one out of two, of course. Especially with the black. Especially if you watch it with a, a bootleg and it's in a black theater, I just love watching the reactions. <laughs> you so did all that the commentary, movie, bro. The movie scene. Oh, oh my god, it was crazy. I loved it. I kept that copy for years. Um, I think that's all we have for today. So if you guys want to reach out to us, our Twitter is Savior Sorry, and that is spelled S A V E U R Sorry. And then our Instagram. Our Gmail is just like the podcast name, Save Your Sorry, spelled out regular. If you want to send us a dollar or two, you can cash app, cash app us at Save Your Sorry. So dollar sign, Save Your Sorry. Um, I think that's all for today. Yeah. Follow, listen, subscribe, like, shit, piss. Share. <laughs> Share. Do it all. Bye. Bye.